I know he works late, but uh, go ahead and do this part. Because this is good, Ron. I like Recorded this. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's uh, January the 28th, 2016. It's Thursday. It's time for my private audio call. And tonight, we got started a little late because I had a hard time getting on, but uh, I made it. Anyway, uh, we're waiting for Dan Benham to get on. And Dan, if you... Dan, when you come on, press star eight, and I'll unmute you. In the meantime, we've got uh, Ranger Ron, and Ron, yeah. Uh, tell us, tell us. You, last week, you mentioned how you were facing jail and and going to court, and fill us in on what was happening, a little bit. Well, there's nothing really to talk about. The uh, the clerk of the court was scared to death when I turned that thing in. She looked like somebody just gave her a kiss of death. And she uh, was giving me a hard time about it, turning it in. She's and you, little... what you turned in was uh, Curtis, Kurt Kallenbach's waiver? Yep, just his waiver. How many pages is that? One page. Okay, go ahead. And it just scared him. Uh, and then court was Wednesday, and I didn't show up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean it scared them? You know, did their draws drop? I mean, what what happened? How do you know they were uh, scared? Oh, the look on her face. You can tell when somebody's scared. Uh, they wouldn't record it for me. Uh, they didn't want me turning into the court or nothing. And that's where you're going to oh. record it whether you like or not. And did they? Uh, they apparently did. The judge got it because we called back the next day and wanted to know what the circumstances was in that case. And she couldn't find it. Ha, ha. Hmm. Like, she was really... Uh, hiding it. And then they just said, oh, that was dismissed. Really? Well, but do you have evidence that it was dismissed? Does it say that anywhere? Uh, It that, that says nothing about my case, like it wasn't even there. Wow. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Stuff just disappears when it doesn't go their way. Isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. Wow. So now you said you're going to be heading off to uh, visit him? No, I'm I'm heading yes, off to Rhode okay. Island tomorrow. Oh, okay. What's in Rhode Island? That's where I was born and raised. Oh, that's right. You want to get your birth certificate and stuff. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, you keep us uh, up to date on how that uh, goes for you, okay? We I'm all learn from this. I'm getting out of the Communist Party. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, you see what they're doing up in Oregon? Oh, my God. No. What's going on up there? They're killing people. They killed the guy. They were, uh, well, I guess they were held up at the uh, wildlife refuge. You know, the the Bundy people and these other folks were sticking up for these other two that were taken into custody. For they they were starting fires on their property, you know, but they were starting the kind of fires that stop. Bigger fires, you know, they were doing maintenance fires. I don't know what you call it. Backup fires. Yeah, and uh, they got arrested for that because I guess they were doing it on public land, air quotes. Uh, But, um, yeah, and the main guy, the spokesperson for them, a real nice, mild guy, seemed like anyway, they, they, they stopped him at a traffic stop and they said he was coming towards them like he was charging them or something. And they killed the guy. They shot and killed him. That's their bullshit. So, uh, yeah. I think that's terrible. 
Well, we need to stand up, uh, Angie. We're getting tired of that crap. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> they got the guns, though. They got the big guns, you see. They got all the big guns. And <laughs> it's not a Angie, fair fight. We got all the big guns, too. Yeah. Well, no. It's... Have you seen uh, that movie Benghazi yet? Oh, no. Uh-uh. You ought to go see it. I'll tell you what, the weapons they had in that show made the stuff that we had in Nam look like pea blowers. Oh, I know. You can see online on YouTube there's video of all these different types of military weaponry. It's awesome. They got They got one gun that can shoot like a million rounds a second some ridiculous thing like that. And you watch this thing and it's like, what are they going to do with that? I mean, you know, they'd well, have to be taking out a gigantic a ship maybe or something. I mean, I don't know. You you know, they always say you don't go hunting with an AK-47. Yeah, well, it depends on what you're hunting, right? What? You can't go hunting with an AK-47. They're not very accurate. Yeah, well, you know, that's not why we have them, though. The Second Amendment says nothing about hunting. Yeah. Nothing. Hunting isn't even mentioned. It's to keep a tyrannical government from running amok. That's what it's for. But nobody reads it. They're already way past that. You know, they have that part printed on the $100 bill, the new $100 bill. No. Right under the, uh, there's like a gold inkwell and, you know, fancy writing on the far right of the new $100 bill, uh, uh, the lower portion, if you get a magnifying glass and read it, it's about the right to keep and bear arms, to, you know, <laughs> to uh, fight off a tyrannical government or whatever it says. <laughs> you know what still sticks in my craw, Angie, is that Bass who shot uh, the head off that woman at, at Bundy's place. No, you mean not Bundy. You you mean um, well, I don't know who are you talking about. I don't know. You mean Randy uh, Weavers? Randy Weaver. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, China, oh, that was twice. She, was holding, she was holding their baby. They shot and, and her. And he was proud. That he, he was proud that he did that chicken shit bastard. Well, let's not go there. I don't want to get all kinds of hateful feelings. I don't like to do that before a call. I want to have the love feelings, you know. Otherwise, my blood pressure goes up. (laughs) Right now, I don't want my blood pressure to go up. Where's Dan? We're waiting on Dan Benham. Dan, where are you? Daniel. Dude, where are you? Come on, we're waiting. He's probably having a hard time coming on. Let me see. Let me open my email. I... I had to restart my computer because nothing was coming on right at the beginning here. So nothing's open yet. Let's see here. Because he's not on here yet. Mm-hmm. Dan, when you come on, press star 8 and I'll unmute you. I think you should. Let's see. Here's the email. Nope. I know. Okay. Well, I'll just assume he's running late from work. You know, I don't know what the weather's like out there in in Michigan where he's at. But, uh, you never know. Is it still snowing there, Ron? Oh, no, it quit. It only snowed for a day and a half. Oh. Oh, well. 
Well, it sure dumped a lot of it. Yeah, somebody got like, what was it? Four feet of snow. Somebody had four feet of snow somewhere. Yeah, plus we had drift. Drift? Drifts. Oh. Where the wind blows up your house. Oh. Oh, here's somebody. There's a West Michigan. Is that you, Dan? Yeah, that's me. I've been trying. Hey, this is Dan. I've been trying to call in, but no one's been on here. Oh, no, we've been on here. We've been waiting, and uh, I've been saying, if you come on, press star eight to raise oh, your no, hand. I, but <laughs> I, I kept punching, and there was nobody there. I even sent you a couple of emails. So. You, I just opened my email, and I didn't see anything from you. Well, there's one. <laughs> 620. I'm just now getting it. At 60, you, you sent it at 601. Oh, my gosh. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, but uh, I don't know why, but... Uh, We've been on here, and I've been looking for Whit, Michigan, so I just now mm-hmm. saw it save West Michigan, so you must have just got in now. Right. Anyway, we've been chit-chatting here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let's see here. I've already started the recording. I was talking to Ron. Do you know Ranger Ron? I don't know if I do or not. The last name probably would help, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. He just uh, was talking about how all the snow he had to shovel out of last couple of days. He's in Maryland. <laughs> We got a little bit uh, and got a little bit coming right now, but nothing major. We had a pretty good storm last week, but it's over. Oh, good. Yeah, we don't get anything here. We had some rain, but anyway, um, Ron, I'm going to go ahead and mute you out. And uh, Dan, let's get on with the call, everybody. Dan Benham is on, our special guest speaker for tonight. And I'm so glad you made it. Gosh, we've been... uh, missing it here off and on for the past couple of months trying to get this together. I'm so glad you you finally made it. <laughs> well, I know you. you're I'm, busy. <laughs> I should say I've been quite busy with moving and I've got uh, several personal things going on. I'm, uh, chapter 7 of my book is being written right now. Um, actually, there is a Excuse me, there's going to be an autobiography, I believe. Um, I'm not going to go too far in depth, but I believe it will be airing live on national uh, pay channels. Um, really? Wow. Oh, oh, yeah, it's going to get in. I told you guys I'm not done with these people. I, I am not at all. Um, and it, it, the truth will come out. Um, some of the information that I got inside my head um, has well over three dozen successes. Some of them actually were, um, I'll just say, Hollywood connected. And that is why I went to prison. I am not allowed to speak about that at all in any way, shape, or form. So I'll kind of just leave that alone because it's, it's, it'll, it'll be out probably, hopefully, within the next year. Uh, so I'll just kind of leave that alone. How exciting. You know, are they making a movie, you mean? Or? It's going to be a full-fledged documentary, yeah. Oh wow! How cool is that? Wow! How mm-hmm. exciting! Wow! Yeah, so, and that's yeah. going to be done when? I, I don't know. I, it depends oh. how fast they get finished with it, and so on. Because uh, the, the plan is to have both the autobiography and the documentary hit at the same time publicly, and then shortly to follow thereafter is going to be um, my federal suit going back after them to clear my name and remove certain. Um, uh, plagues out of the governmental system that need not be there because they obviously didn't do their job and they knew what they were doing was violating so many laws. It's not even funny. Really? 
Listen, Dan, do you have a better phone than that by any chance? How is that? I don't know. Say something. Something. Is that a little bit better? Yeah, that's better because it sounded okay. like you were really muffled there for a minute. Yeah, I had you on speakerphone. I I forgot about that last time. It worked oh. that way too. So. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad so, you made it, though. Thank God. I, I mean, jeez. You know that that's that's going to be something. You're going to get an Academy Award. <laughs> I, I'm not. Did you write it? You, you wrote I, the biography. I, I, the, the, it's it's just it's all about what really truly happened, what's really going on. Um, I've got all the documented evidence, and that's why this major pay channel came to me is because the information was sent to them. They've seen every bit of it authenticated in court record, court stamped, or congressionally stamped out of the law library of the House of Congress. So um, this is definitely going to shake some shake some feathers when it hits. Good. And it's about that's time. why I've been keeping it under. Well, it's, it's that's why I've been keeping it under wraps so much is because I don't want, I don't need a whole lot of tip offs on it because obviously if something were to happen uh, to the information or the providers of the information, then it doesn't do any good. So, and it's despite what a lot of people claim, they keep saying, you know, I, well, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. You, you know, human nature. Someone's going to talk. Sure. <clears throat> So. Yeah, you gotta be careful. I understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's but exciting. I do, I do. Yeah, I do. Thank you for having me back on. Um, I really have no clue what people want me to talk about. Um, I can obviously I can go through and and give some experiences and some things that have happened in my life in regards to uh, you know banking or other issues. So um, I guess I'll just leave it up to you and you pick a topic and I'll go there. Uh, please do not bring up taxation because that's one topic that I am forbidden from speaking about. So if anyone asks, I will just defer any and all questions about that at this point. When are you going to be allowed to talk about that? I've got less than a year right now. I'll be off this federal probation. And right now I am not allowed to talk to anybody about tax matters at all, according to the rules. So I'll just play by their games. Yeah, yeah. I guess you have to right now, huh? Isn't that well, awful? I mean, you're not allowed I, to free talk speech about is fine. <laughs> right? Free speech, free speech is is obviously 100%. Uh, you know, uh, protected by our constitution. And mm-hmm. I just, I would just assume defer from even trying to battle that issue with the things that I've got going on right now. Yeah, I don't blame you. You know, we yeah. got a hand up. You want to take a question? Hey, Southwest Ohio, you've been unmuted. Do you have a question or a comment? Southwest Ohio, you've been unmuted. Perhaps your phone is muted on your end. Yes, now can you hear me? Yeah. All right, I had it muted. Sorry. Okay. Um, Dan, are you in Michigan or are you in Ohio? I thought you were in Columbus, Ohio. No, I'm up here in Michigan. Oh, okay. Part of the north where a little bit more snow and cold wind hits. Okay. Yes, you you have uh, a little bit more snow than we do in uh, Southern Ohio. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm wondering wondering um, how to or where would you suggest reading or how to set set up um, the um, banking without using a social security number or 
for an LLC or maybe not doing an LLC and uh, doing a private association, how to do banking without a tax ID number? Well, um, I'm not going to, I, again, just for my own protection, all I'm going to do on this phone call tonight is give you my own experiences and what I have done personally. Uh-huh. I'm not going to give out any kind of legal advice or give anyone any kind of financial tax or any other kind of advice whatsoever. So when I say something, <clears throat> it's just due to my own experiences. Um, as far as the corporations are concerned, LLCs, offshore trusts, or anything like that, uh, there are a couple groups out there that I'm uh, aware of that do handle those matters, some better than others. And I'm I'm just going to leave it at that because that kind of tiptoes around taxation and I'm not going to go there. However, I myself went to my local Social Security office. This was after, oh my goodness, it was was 2004 when I went to uh, Social Security office and I, after many, many letters, I sent many letters to Social Security asking questions, never got any results. Um, so I just marched down to the Social Security Administration's office. And the reason I did that was because I had a brochure from the Social Security office that point blank admitted that getting a Social Security number for my baby or getting a, a Social number for a child was voluntary. And I also looked at the back of a United States passport application, not a visa, a passport application in which only U.S. citizens or Americans can get. And on the very back of that document, it says you must provide your Social Security number, comma, if you have one, comma. Um, That drew some serious questions in my mind. And those were what my questions were at Social Security, and no one would answer. So I went to the local office in Muskegon, Michigan. It was on Barclay Avenue. And this was 2004. And I went in there and I explained to him, here's your brochure that says it's voluntary, and here's the backside of a U.S. passport application, which says if you have one. Now, if it's required that somebody have one, I'm certain the Secretary uh, of the State, federal level, um, would not have used the words if you have one. If it's required to have one, that statement would not even have to be put on that form. And then the Social Security Office's brochure point blank says that it's voluntary for my child. So with these two things, it makes me believe that I don't have to have one. Now, me personally, being a spiritual person that I am, born-again Christian, if anyone wants to question, it was June 6, 2000, excuse me, June 6 of 1996, uh, I was converted to a reborn Christian. If that offends people, I'm sorry, it's just my personal uh, choice, my personal opinion. And I really, really don't I, I can't prove this, but I am going to err on the side of caution that the book of Revelation does tell me that no man shall bind or sell unless he has a number, and that number is going to be affixed to his head or his hand. Now, people usually remember their social security number, which if anyone understands the Bible, understands that it could be literal, but it also could be not literal. You know, it could just be um, <clears throat> more of a... Um, paraphrasing, so to speak. Um, And then people write that number down all the time, so that number's in their hand and in their head. And this also is something where right now you can't have a driver's license, you can't get a credit card, you can't get car insurance, you can't get house insurance, you can't get most anything you cannot get 
without having that number. Now, granted, you can get some things with it, but at the time, I said this is only going to get worse where the Social Security number may, I'm not saying it will or that it is, but it may become what my Bible tells me will be the number of the beast. Now we've got a constitutionally protected issue where I don't want anything to do with that number. If it turns out to be that, then I have just violated one of my God's orders to not take that number. So with these things being said, what do we do? And I shut up, and this gal, she was a little Christian gal. She was a Catholic. She was probably mid-20s, African-American lady, very kind, very nice. She looked at me as though I just scared a ghost out of her body. She was, I'm Catholic. I've never heard this before. You need to give me five or ten minutes. She got up and walked away. She came back in probably about five minutes later. She had a form in her hand. She sat down and she goes, I completely understand what you just told me. How does this look? And she handed me a form, which I have, I believe I made that available to you, Angela. Um, but my, the, the old source number was blocked off. And this letter basically was a benefits for Social Security, but down on the bottom of the form it had box number 10 just said other. She had that checked off, and it said in there that uh, Mr. Benham was originally issued a Social Security number back in 1963. He no longer wants to use this number. But the last sentence was the sentence that got was a catch-all. It point blank said that Mr. Benham has a right to not want to use this number for any purpose or reason, period. End of, end of discussion. I took that document, which was authenticated and issued from the very Social Security Administration that issues that number, and I took it down to local banks, anywhere where I had a bank account, insurances, and I had social number removed from everything. So did they put something else in instead? Absolutely. They create their own number? I went, I, well, I went to Huntington Bank, and Dan was the manager over at Huntington Bank on Seminole Road in Muskegon, and Dan Brown was his name, if anyone wants to authenticate any of this. Um, and Mr. Brown told me that wasn't possible. I handed him that form, and I said, well, of course it's possible. You know, because I told him, I said, I want to get my social number taken out. He said, that's impossible. You can't do that. We have to have a social number. I said, well, here, this is from the Social Security Administration. What do you do if someone doesn't have one or has a right to not want to use it? So he called up, I believe it was in Ohio, actually. It's where the headquarters of Huntington Bank is. I believe it was in Columbus. Yes, yeah. So he called down there and talked to legal. Legal couldn't come up with an answer, but they suggested that he call the Federal Reserve Bank in Chicago. So he called the Federal Reserve Bank in Chicago. The person was very helpful. In fact, that person told him exactly what he needed to do, which means the Federal Reserve Bank knows that we don't need Social Security numbers. Because I had to fill out an I-9 form, and I also had to fill out, I believe it was called a substitute for taxation form. Is that a W-8-B-E-N? I'm sorry? A W-8-B-E-N? That's the form they give you when you don't have a social security number. Well, no, it was, a, number. It, was, it, it was something that basically said that I had to pay tax on any deposit that I put in because oh. they needed to collect the tax. However, huh. I, looked, I looked at him, and he had an I-9 form, but it only had two pages of instructions. But it said one of four. 
so I kindly asked them for the other two pages. He had to call Federal Reserve back, and they actually did send the other two pages of instructions, which were instructions for Americans. If you did not have a Social Security number, you were born in America, you could check the certain box, and they wouldn't have any backup withholding. Excuse me, that's what it was. It was backup withholding. Wow, really? <clears throat> yes. So it, it can be done, but you, you have to do it diplomatically. You, you can't mm-hmm. just – so many people that I know out there, they want to force issues. They get mad. They get here, – here's, here's a great saying that goes with what I'm saying to you people tonight. Every action in life is going to create or cause a reaction. Mm-hmm. If you want a positive reaction, you have to give a positive action first. If you go in there and start getting snuffy and snooty and getting angry and mad and starting to order people around, you're going to get a bad response. Sure. I walked in yeah. there with a suit and tie. I had a formal document from the Social Security Administration. Here it is. That's the way to do it. What year was this? 2004. And how have things changed since then? I Nothing's changed. Well, I went into the Wells Fargo and tried to and asked to open up an account and told them I didn't have one, and they handed me a W-8-B-E-N form. <clears throat> I guess they create their own number. It's probably the same thing, only 20, that was 2013 or 2014. I'm not sure. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I know that uh, several banking laws have changed since the 2008 crisis, and they started changing in, what, 2012 or something like that? I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, I, I do know that uh, that website where I found that Social Security um, verbiage has either disappeared or it changed somewhere. I, I, I can't find it on Social Security's website anymore. And I, I did plaster that pretty good all over the uh, Internet, and I remember Jeff Rents put it on his site, and I gosh, he was at the time getting $2 million hits a month. I mean, he was getting wow. pretty hard, so. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I personally did, and I do know some people, which I'm not going to mention names, especially on an open phone line like this, that live out uh, west, um, and they do um, work with, you know, uh, LLCs and, and uh, trusts and things like that. And what I can say is that one of the individuals that I was working with out there actually brokered Bill Gates' Microsoft Corporation so that was one reason that wow. I really trusted these people. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're not playing around. Mm-hmm. That's big. Hmm. Wow. Well, how do we get a hold of you for information uh, through Angela or what? Yeah, if you can, and, and Angela will just send me an email. What I'll do is I'll I'll respond to that um, with with a company name to to try to get a hold of them. Okay. Yeah, you you respond directly to them, right? Not to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you're sometimes just I never know. <laughs> well, uh, one, I wait one around way or another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just uh, if I respond, Angela, if you get an email back from me, just look up there and see if I've included whoever it was that asked the question. Yeah. If it was I just do. to you, then obviously forward it to them. So. You're right. Gotcha. Okay. So do you have any um, any thoughts about um, private associations and um, have you had any experience about, um, do you know what I mean when I say private association? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of my former partners, Dewey Tobias, was, uh, was absolutely genius with uh, private associations. I mean, he, he was, uh, gosh, I, I think he still lives down in Florida. Um, and he he was a triple diamond for Amway for many years, and he was also a graduate MIT uh, cum laude uh, engineer. Uh, the guy's brilliant. Uh, be, I mean, before I even met him, he had 19 personal wins against the IRS. What's his name? A lot, wow. of, a, a lot of people out there probably remember Whitey Lovell, um, the one gal that w- worked for FedEx. Uh, he was the culprit behind that. Uh, very brilliant man, extremely brilliant. What's his uh, name? Unfortunate, unfortunately, he was also set up um, and had to do a little federal prison time, um, and I don't know if he's still in the game or not. We haven't talked for a while, and if they even catch us, speaking to each other, even third party, both of us would probably be in trouble. So, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but he, was, what is uh, his name? Um, I, you know, I, I really don't know if he even wants me giving his name out. Okay. Um, what I do know is if anybody has, do you, if, if people remember the, we, the Bernie people Kuglin. foundation. Oh, the what? Yeah. Bernie Kuglin, the, we, the people foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Schultz out, is out in New York. Right. Now, this gentleman was one of their paralegals, and he was also the very person that did the interviews with Sherry Jackson, Joe Bannister, and John Turner in in the videos. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess his name is out there pretty public anyways already, but uh, um, his name is Charles Tobias, but he goes by Dewey. And the last I knew, he was in Florida. Okay. And it has been about seven, eight years since I spoke to him. All right. Thanks. Absolute genius. Sounds like it. Let's see here. Okay. Who's next? Anybody else? Star eight, if you have a question. Otherwise, uh, what should we talk about? What's new with you, Dan? Hello? Dan? Did we lose Dan? I mean, he's still on here, but I don't hear him. Uh, Oh, Dan, Daniel. Uh, Hmm. Can you hear me okay, you guys? Yes. We can hear you. Well, I don't know what happened to Dan. He's still on here. Well, maybe oh, his... Dan, maybe he hit the mute button or something or the disconnect button on the cord. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Dan, we see you here, but we can't hear you. So I don't know what's going on. Hmm. That's funny, isn't it? Funny how that happens. Good grief. Uh Uh-oh, he's gone now. Okay, well, he'll probably call back. Hey, Money Mike. Hi. Hello. I had a quick... Yeah, while we wait for Dan to come back, I have a quick question to that guy. Uh, I don't... Who was the guy that made the... uh, Who was the guy that made the comment about the uh, chicken shit? What was that? Who was that guy? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I have an idea. Uh, I think we, you know, like, 
because, you know, like, we got to start doing something, like, just to, to, to treat, you know, like, treat everybody better, you know. So I thought, well, why don't I just start a little peace movement or something. So I'm going to start something. I think we're going to call it uh, Hug a Chicken Shit Bastard Today Movement. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that should work very nicely. Okay. I got the idea. I got the idea when I was walking oh, downtown. Uh, oh, go ahead. There's, yeah, there's go ahead. Dan, let me unmute Dan. Yeah, I'll Is mute up, too. <laughs> what happened, Dan? I, I don't really know for sure, but I'm I'm back again, so probably oh, being monitored again. <laughs> I'll keep watching you because uh, that was weird because you were there, but we weren't hearing you. But yeah. uh, anyway, Mike, did you have a, a question for Dan? Did you want to finish what you were saying anyway? Mike? Uh, uh, no, I'm good for the moment. I mean, if I think of something, I'll chime in. But right now, I'm kind of, I, uh, my brain is foggy right now because I'm just... And my job right now, putting up with all the, listening to all the buzzy transformers in the back here. Oh, fun and games. All right. Yeah. All what right. you think of it? Come on back and we'll all right. unmute you. All righty. <clears throat> okay, anybody else? Press star eight. Uh, just, uh, what? I thought I was muted. I thought so, too. I just muted my out. I'll mute you here. <clears throat> there you go. I did it. Huh. <laughs> Okay, so, Dan, how the hell are you? (laughs) I've actually been good. I'm very tired. Um, I've had a very trying week. Um, It's it's late, late night hours. Um, You know, I'm working 9 to 9 pretty much four days a week, 9 to 6 on my fifth day, and then 9 to 4 on my sixth day. I'm trying to get my life back. Uh, It's it's, it's very positive. Um, You know, obviously, I, I walked out of a federal prison five years later with, nothing but prison-issued undergarments and finally got a nice house back and got my life back. And between the IRS prison and my ex-wife, I pretty much lost everything. But here we are two years later, and I'm I'm doing just fine. I'm, I'm getting things caught up, getting things going, and trying to group my life. And a bunch of okay. old contacts get back in touch with me. It's always wonderful to talk to people. Yeah. Um, Did you get that? You help. saw that email that... Uh... Guy, he said he knew you. Oh, absolutely! I've known Clayton for years. He's a great guy. Hopefully, he's on the call. Yeah, hopefully he is. Anybody else? If you got a question or a comment, press star eight. Otherwise, uh, let's see here. Who's this? This is the ambiguous king. You've been unmuted. The ambiguous king. That's a lot to say. <laughs> You've been unmuted. Go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Uh, thank you, Dan, and thank you, Angela. Uh, thank you, Dan, for coming on tonight. Uh, Dan, I just was curious about, like, private banking uh, procedures in terms of um, special deposit accounts. Um, from your experience, do you, have you con- have you, do you understand, like, special deposit accounts, like when you go to a banker, uh, whether it's a commercial I, I bank do. or... I, I, I do and I run. Um, and the reason for that is it's typically a battle I don't want to choose because I know that there's an easier, simpler way. Um, <clears throat> I, I understand the concept. Um, I also see the flaws that are in it. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a failure, and nor am I saying that it's not accurate. What I'm saying is I, I see the flaws in it. Um, and, and the flaws are that nobody, nobody has, and if I'm talking about the wrong thing, please correct me. 
um, is that nobody can get documented evidence of any true account with an account number. Um, I've been out of it for a long time, but that's where I left it off. And um, anytime somebody issues a document that is going towards paying or discharging off an alleged debt, the two things that scare me the most are, number one, there's no documented evidence that an account actually truly exists. But number two, what's even worse to me is that that you're, you're admitting that there is a debt which means that you're admitting that there is a lie. Um, the Federal Reserve, in my, in my personal opinion, is the worst heinous corporation that has ever been created in this world. Uh, they're monsters, and it needs to go away. And rather than play their game, I'd rather see the entire country just stop using them. Stop using them, they go away. But that's just my personal opinion. Okay, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I can see your perspective and and from my perspective that maybe I can add something to your sentiments in terms of like just clarifying in my from my just my opinion. Is um like the Federal Reserve there's like everything that we do is legal in in this in this in this realm, like in the United States. Everything that we do, like let's say our, our private side of us, you know, like let's say if if I have a contract between I and God lowercase i and god <laughs> almighty god then they 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 the the corporation here the federal corporation acknowledges that and they accept it and that's through like let's say the the treaty as by the constitution which is the treaty right between the people and and the vessels the things that the people create okay like the servants the the officers right like as by the constitution so that construct mm -hmm. is, is basically the foundation from and the premise from which the people can have a connection to its creation. Is that correct? I, you're you're muffled up. We can have a, a contract with what? Yeah, the the the, the, the engaging contract that we ha we as people have with the with the with the the things that were created in this realm, you know, the world league realm, is mm -hmm. the Constitution. And here in the United States, here in the United States of America. It's the right. it's the Constitution. Is that correct? Is that the single foundation between us, we the people, you know, flesh and blood, children of God? Um, is that the single foundation that we have that that contract, the Constitution of the United States? I don't have a contract to that document. Um, no, no. Here, here, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We the meaning. You know, you see that we the people. <laughs> I'm not saying you. But I'm saying we fine. the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? In other words. There has to be some type of agreement to maintain peace. And so the question well, any, is, what, is, what anybody, agreement do we have to maintain peace? We, we don't have to do anything. And this is where anytime I did seminars in, in the past, one of the very first things I would, I would do is I'd conduct a little survey. And I would ask anyone in the room, uh, in, in that room, to ask, answer a question. And that question was very simply, who in here believes that they have a constitutional right? And several hands always raised up. And we don't have constitutional rights. The Constitution was not drafted for the people. It was drafted by the people to our government as a promise to do or not do certain things. And in order for that to be, constant, uh, to be uh, actually enforced, 
certain people had to swear an oath to it. And those people who swear an oath to that Constitution are our civil servants, our alleged public leaders, our police officers, our peace officers, our federal agents, our judges, even our bank directors have to pledge an allegiance to that Constitution. And that is the contract. The contract is between them, not us. We are born. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. I'm just saying. And let me let me make it very clear. Okay, so we the people. Okay, it's not like me or you or you or I. Right. It's we the people. You, you see what I'm getting at? We the people. Whoever they were. Okay. When they create. When they established that, they did it on behalf of the children of God. Do you see that? Because this, this is the thing that – this is my opinion, okay? And this is the thing that, that we can't get out of. We can't escape because the thing is we're here in this realm, flesh, you know, flesh and blood, and there has to be some type of medium for us to exchange, to live, and to, to, to flourish in this realm. So the question is when, you know, when we do trade, when we go to the store, like, and, and I kind of agree, I really agree with uh, California Bob, the, the thing is that – you know, we need a medium of exchange, and there's no way around it. You, you're going to have to use Federal Reserve notes. You see what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, when we go to those venues, okay? Now, right. the we the people, you know, the founding fathers, we the people, when they established that, the intention of that, in my opinion, is to establish some semblance of structure so that the children of God can retain the blessings. And and then they further amended it, you know, when they came in with the First Amendment, they said, wait a minute, we have to rethink this, you know, for our, for our progeny. You know, uh, we have to, wait a minute, we, we, we overlook, we're overlooking something. So they put in, Congress shall make no laws respecting the religious establishment, okay? <laughs> so, so, you know, bridging the, the free exercise uh, and the rights thereof, okay? So, so the whole point is, when we as men, when we, when we, may, when we, me and, you know, women, men meaning women, uh, women and men, children of God, when we main, when we obtain the age of the majority, you know, it's, it's time for us to take responsibility for the kingdom here on earth, you know, because there's heaven and earth. I mean, this is what I believe, okay? There's heaven and earth, and the earthly realm is imaginary because I have no evidence of it, I, but I believe it. I have faith, okay? And the only thing is that there has to be some form of cognizance, recognition that we as men um, conduct ourselves. And so most of us have agreed to to go on with the the illusion uh, of of putting on the costumes to a certain extent. So, like, when if I if I'm in receipt of a Federal Reserve note in order to use that to tender for trade, you know, to to buy my children groceries, uh, milk and bread then I'm going to assume that position, but at, at arm's length. And so I use a person to do that, okay? I use a person. Now, the only thing that, that, in my humble opinion, the cure with the person is, the question is, what, where, where are you, Adam? Where are you, okay? So is that person in the District of Columbia, or is that person a spiritual person, like you, you, you mentioned earlier. Well, you know, and, and, and please, I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off, but you're kind of getting into a sermon thing, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you one bit. I'm just saying that there's a whole different realm of doing that. Um, I absolutely agree that you can go and look at 16, or, uh, 16 and see there's a District of Columbia Organic Act. Um, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree with that. But when you go and contract like that, it, it it's here. I, I'll put it this way: <clears throat> in life, you have two choices. You 
just because you can do something, does that really mean that you should do it? Um, and I myself, I just choose to take the realm where I'm not going to participate in something that's going to make <clears throat> make the world continue to go in the bad direction that it's going. I, I want to do things that are going to correct the world, not just allow it to continue in status quo. No, I know. I, I agree <laughs> with you. But the, the premise of what I'm saying, I'm not preaching. The premise of what I'm saying is it goes back to the to the employment. And when we work, you know, we're we're contributing to that if we're not careful at how we contract. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So like, sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving a sermon. I'm just trying to keep it minimum so that everyone can follow. Because the whole right. point of what I'm saying is everything we do, it's it's always in a always in a form of a contract. We agree, you know, we tacitly agree. I'm not preaching, so I'm just saying, like when we receive Federal Reserve notes, we're compelled to use those instruments. Or when we work and labor, we exchange our our hourly wage. I mean, we 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 exchange our hourly strength and energy in exchange for a thing called wage or salary. And we take that, we negotiate it, and we receive, you know, credit or, or medium of exchange. All I'm saying is, in truth, I'm trying to, to when I first asked the question about a special deposit account, because there has to be a way to translate, to convert that, that, that thing that was offered to us in lawful money so that we can redeem it. It's, it's a matter of redemption. So when we redeem it, it's just like what Christ did for us. And I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm just using a simile that we're, you know, we need to redeem the, the value of that, of that asset that has been you know, translated to us. So the question is when, we, when we're doing that, like in, if we're going to use a, a, a special deposit vehicle or whatever vehicle we use, the question is what, you know, from your experience, what works for you? Because like, I've discovered like as an un- unincorporated entity, you can, you can go into a credit union, whether it's uh, federally chartered or statutorily chartered, um, sure. and tra- and trade that value, you know, the, the the instrument that you received as a payroll check to, to exchange that for lawful money it's, and and utilize that for for a purpose. You see what I'm saying? What 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 you're bringing up is is has many tentacles to it. Um, number one, as far as employment's concerned, uh, what I was explaining earlier with regards to social security number and going getting documentation from the Social Security Administration stating that I had a right to not want to use that for any purpose or reason can also be used for employment. If you look at the standard employment um, documentation, you can see that if you hand an employer or a proposed future employer a United States passport, they don't need any other documentation and they have to hire you based upon that. And I also went down because my mother was, uh, uh, she retired out of the United States Post Office. And I did utilize that United States passport, which I will tell you right now, they did take from me when I went to uh, prison. Um, But when I went down there, there was a form that I could use to fill out. It was an affidavit. And that form had to be signed by some other person that knew me for more than two years. And it was was an affidavit of witness. And I went and grabbed my mom, and she signed this document stating that she knew me more than two years, which nobody could deny because she gave birth to me. And I got a United States passport issued without the use of a Social Security number. That form can be used for everything. So employers, bankers, nobody has to have that number if it's done proper. And this is all documentation that's issued by the State Department of the United States Federal Government and the Social Security Office. 
So if I can go through life without using that source number, then I can do it, and there's a legal, lawful, absolute right way to do it, and I truly believe that I just explained what I did was right uh, because it it worked. Now, another tentacle that you were talking about was medium of exchange. Uh, What do we use? Do we use dollars, gold, barter system? I mean, we we trade bushels of of cotton for bushels of wheat in the old days, and, um, you know, I get all the... Uh, in fact, where all the, the, the goldsmiths were the original bankers and stuff like that, we have to use, like you said, we have to use their medium of exchange. Well, that poses one of the most severe problems in my life, to me personally, because as long as that Federal Reserve is there, there's not going to be another medium of exchange that can be used. So that is precisely why I came up with before what was now known to be called Revelation Package. Uh, and that was utilizing the affidavit of trust and whatnot and getting legally and lawfully out underneath of any loan that you put yourself into that the bank didn't have a right to collect on. Um, and it, it really opens up a can of worms because at this point, anyone who's new that hasn't heard any of this now is thinking, well, God, Dan's a scammer because he's not wanting to pay off a loan. Well, it gets a lot deeper than that because once people understand that when you go get a loan, that bank is actually taking your money, your own money, and giving it back to you, telling you that it's a loan. They, it's, it's no different than someone coming up stealing $1,000 out of your pocket and saying, here, here's $1,000, I'll loan it to you at 8%. It's thievery. Once people understand that part of it, now what I'm saying is absolutely true. They took our gold and silver. They took our substance back in 1913 and exchanged it with Federal Reserve notes, which is nothing more than a promise to pay us back in gold and silver. Well, they're not paying us back in gold and silver, and they've enslaved everybody, and they're just basically gutting out the entire middle and upper class of this country by the flat-out thievery of the Federal Reserve. It's, it's that simple. And, and, and what you're explaining to me I, I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying. It, it, it works. I understand it. I get it. But it allows that monster to continue to exist. And until we get that monster out of our lives, it's going to always exist where you're asking questions, what medium of exchange? It's, the medium of exchange is just the result of the monster. Let's cure the monster. That's really? kind of where I'm going with that, if that makes sense. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, could, I was muted. But, um, yeah, so, yeah. And so one thing that I found that make, that's pretty interesting is, you know, when we're looking at the, the entire structure, I, I found a lot of things interesting at the United States Treasury that's available to people that are unincorporated. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, why not go to the Treasury Direct? Then, you know, mm-hmm. there's two options. You can go to a... Uh, a fiscal agent, or who is a who is basically a qualified intermediary, or why not go to the treasury direct, go to the principal? So well, and, and I've seen people, I've seen people do that. And when that first started happening, all the laws changed very quickly. And the first couple people that tried doing that actually went to prison. In fact, uh, last I knew, they had gotten thirty-year prison term sentences. They didn't do anything wrong. 
I mean, the rule of law was right there. It said that you can go and exchange any notes at the at the Treasury Direct window. Go do it. And they did. They had it all drafted. It was right, and it was done. I mean, they actually did it. But six six to 12 months later, all of them were indicted, and they went to prison for 30 years. So, again, it's just a, it, it, A, it allows the system to continue to work, and, B, people get in trouble doing it. And, and I just I can't advocate that. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Nobody. Yeah, can I say something though? Um, Absolutely. People, yeah, people. You know, I just I'm looking at what you're saying, and I I I agree they got in trouble in terms of okay. I agree what you're saying. Okay, you're saying they got in trouble, but people don't get in trouble. Persons get in trouble. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, like the Fourth Amendment, uh, the right for the people I, to be I, secure in their persons. You know, so in other words, I, I, people I, have persons. I can't agree. I cannot agree with you more. I have been there. There was, exactly. a person, <laughs> there was a person named Dan Benham that went to prison. I didn't go to prison. The person did. I, I get it. I understand. But that doesn't stop the problem. I can't. I, I got to stop thinking and looking at me. That's selfish. That is trying to take me out of their system. We need to change the system. That's my point. That is exactly my point. If we keep looking at ourselves and don't expose them and don't exploit the wrong that they're doing, I'm going to get in trouble. My creator tells me I'm supposed to be 100% selfless and love everybody. I, this is probably going to draw some bad nerves with people. I even love my government officials, the ones that put me in prison. I am ordered by my creator to love every human being on this planet, and I do unconditionally. There's one female that I love much, much better than anyone else, but um, I, I, I cannot put harm on a person, which means I need to stop playing this game and we need to get together and exploit the system and show the faults, show how they're illegally stealing from people. It will force them to change. And I don't want to get political right now, but if everyone on this phone right now would go down and register to vote and vote Rand Paul, he's not the answer. He's not 100%. I don't agree with everything he says, but he dang sure is going to put it in the right direction because the first two things he's going to do is calm the IRS down and audit the Fed. When they audit the Fed, all hell is going to break loose. I'll tell you right now it's going to happen. Well, that's if you believe they're going to count the votes properly and tally them up properly, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And I know registering the vote puts you right back into that person. I'm not going to disagree with that. I know it. I, I get it. But I truly believe that if enough people stand up and just say no, I mean, it's it, it's time this country stands together. I mean, everyone wants to do their own thing, and they're all thinking about how do I get out of this? How can I not be a citizen? How can I, how can I, how can I, how can I? Well, I'd right. like people to sit back and say, how can we shut this down? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the way, way to go. To <laughs> I know. I, yeah. But by stop using Federal Reserve, I mean, that's hard to do when there's nothing else. You know, my way. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're absolutely right. We can't. I mean, we have no choice. Both of you are right. We have to use those. And as long as we keep trying to come up with ideas and theories that help me personally or, or you personally or us as a people and not stop the government from doing what they're doing, we're just going to be talking about this another 100 years from now. 
what I do is like whenever someone says, boy, the price of this is going up and boy, these sure are getting expensive. I try to let people, uh, help people understand that that nothing has changed with the item. It's the money that's changed. It takes more useless Federal Reserve notes to buy the same loaf of bread as it did, you know, 20 years ago. It's the same product. It's the same bread. You didn't change the recipe, but the money changes. The money. Ed Griffin, Griffin, who wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island, had the absolute best description of that that I've ever heard. You go back to the early 1800s, one gold ounce. Oh, yeah, I know that story. (laughs) Go ahead. Fully suit a man. You can go get a suit, (laughs) top hat, cowboy boots, and get a full suit. Nowadays, a gold coin is worth what twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You can go get that exactly suit. <laughs> right, exactly what you wanted back then. It takes the same amount of gold and silver. Stay purchasing so power. Exactly, exactly. So money hasn't, well, gold hasn't changed. No, it's but the, the paper and the ink is worth less. You know, you got to keep right. adding yep. more paper notes to buy the same products, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to wake up eventually, I hope. I don't know. I mean, so it's, it's, it's just like a bowl of soup. I mean, you keep putting water in soup, and it's going to take the flavor out. Well, you keep adding <laughs> Federal Reserve notes, which they're doing, it's going to devalue. Water. <laughs> right. It's, it's going to devalue. The taste of it's going to go away. All the value has gone, and now our dollars worth two cents. That's why it's worth that right now. That's it. All right, James, 262, you've been unmuted. Do you have a question for our guest speaker? I do want to thank that last gentleman for getting on. That was a very good conversation. Oh, yes. Okay. That was the ambiguous king. <laughs> Go ahead, James, 262. You've been unmuted. Okay. Uh, my question is, um, Dan, I use your affidavit of trust. Um, I sent it to my cardio um, gym, and it took like 60 days for them to respond. After they responded, they they um, sent me something stating that um, that I got this off the internet. Everything that you had stated in the last conversation that I listened to you, and then they took me to court, and the judge had struck my affidavit out of the case. If you were me, what actually what would you do it at that point? Um. <clears throat> Well, number one, I, I, I believe that you create the document because that's what I always encourage people. I just kind of made a, uh, Correct. a I guideline. Did. Um, I and did. You put the information in there. And yes, if, I you, did. If, if you gave them 30 days to comply and it took mm-hmm. them 60, they were obviously in default. And right. I don't know what the response was, but typically the responses that I see don't answer anything point by point, doesn't admit to anything. And if a court of law wants to side with the bank, which they most most generally do, um, there's also the filing in the same place where that mortgage document is held, which in here in Michigan is a register of deeds. And you file that with what's called a UCC-5 form. <clears throat> you just fill out, the, fill out the UCC-5 form, and when it says what's your complaint, they see attached and attach the affidavit that was unrebutted, make sure it's default, uh, that you have a proper default in there and file it and just muddy up that entire title. Okay, so now, um, when, because it got, the court case got continued, 
And when I go back to court, um, you know, at that point they wanted me to to let a motion to uh, why. I mean, what 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 you're doing here is is uh, honestly, and please don't take this wrong, but you're putting me in a very very tough situation because you're asking me for advice, and I can't do that. I'm asking if you were in my shoes. I'm not asking for your advice. <laughs> if you were me, um, I I I ran Would across this a couple of times in in the history of my dealings with this, and there was one gentleman that used an affidavit, and the court didn't like it. So they tried to strike it. And that's where you basically reiterate, I, you know, I, I encouraged him to go in there and reiterate the affidavit back into the record verbally. So now it's on the court's transcript. And on top of that, if the, uh, you know, attorney for the bank was to say anything, anything, I don't care what they say, your, the response I encouraged him to give was, are you rebutting my affidavit? That's it. Yeah, Until you get a yes, I'm rebutting it, what part of it are you rebutting? There was 40-some points in there. Which line? I did everything that um, exactly. I even quoted the um, U.S. versus Seals and the um, not, no, U.S. versus Cotton. Well, your two uh, points. Um, things that you had stated, um, still versus Citizens for a Better Environment and U.S. versus Cotton, you know, and I stated that to the judge, and she still went on with the striking of the affidavit, but she kept it in the file on record, but she did strike it. Are you still there? Dan, are you still there? Uh, oh, good grief. He got knocked off. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, well, I guess we'll just hold on and wait for him to come back on. He's gone. He's not even on the thing here. Wow. So, we'll wait till West Michigan lights up again. Yeah, I'm calling so, his phone or... I don't know, I guess. I mean, it might be his location. I don't know. You know, sometimes if he's on a cell phone, I mean, I don't know. Here at my house in Culver City, California, my cell phone doesn't work. I have to go out and drive around before my phone works. I can't, No, nothing works here in my area. I don't know why, but I guess there's no cell towers or something. Anyway, uh, we're waiting for Dan to come back on. Uh, Angela, the best way to um, go get in contact with Dan is through you. I'm sorry, what? The best way to get in contact with Dan is through you. Well, if you send me an email, I'll forward it to him. I, You know, people ask me for his number and his address, and I can't do that. Also, right. those of you that listened last week to Kurt, Curtis Collenbach's call. I mean, I've gotten like 100 emails of people wanting to get in touch with Kurt. And I had just noticed on his website, he put his his email addresses up there now. Because it's a bit overwhelming, you know. I, <laughs> nobody has that kind of time. <laughs> right. But uh, for those of you that want to get in touch with Kurt, his address is now on his uh 
that Do you have it tied up on your, page. On your uh, yeah, if you go to my website, myprivateaudio.com, and you click on his name, it'll come up. Oh, Dan's back. Oh, gosh. Welcome back. Yep. Oh, there you are. Welcome back. Hello. Yeah, I'm, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, but uh, <laughs> what happened to you? I, I, I have no idea. That's the third time, and, and there's no storm or anything. I'm starting to think my phone might be being listened to or something. I, don't, I have no idea. It could I, be. I don't know. You know, that's it. they do that when they don't want you to, to get messages out, information. They just play the little games. You know, they think it's funny. They sit back and, you know, fire rubber bands off at each other and giggle in the background. I can picture it. But anyway, did you hear anything that the gentleman had to say? I No, I didn't actually. I got cut off. All right, James, go ahead. Try it again. Well, it ended, um, you know, with me, with the judge striking the um, affidavit out of the case, but she kept the, kept it on file, but she just struck it out of the case, and I have to go back to court for it in um, uh, March. So. Well, sure, and that's nothing more than their way of getting the affidavit out. And your point was to get it in. I mean, right. I, I myself, I dealt with it. I filed 27 documents in federal court, and they stamped, denied, wouldn't even file it, just ignored it. But that's where, and what I did is I, I spoke it back in. I mean, you got to get the evidence in there. It would, you can't appeal something unless there's evidence in there to appeal. And if okay, they strike so. it, it's gone. It's it's just gone. You can't bring it up on appeal. You can't do anything. So, you know, and that's the judge's trickery of trying to get you to basically just shut up. We're not going to talk about that. Well, no, I am going to talk about that. How do you do that? What do you do? You go in there and say on and for the record or for the record or what? You, Anytime I want to get this on the record or what? Nope. Anytime somebody ever talked to me and if they if they struck something from the record that I wanted back in, Anytime they would address me, I would start reading off that that affidavit. And if they tried to interrupt me, I would just say, Your Honor, you gave me the floor, correct? Well, it's a matter of taking charge is what it is. You, like. Yes, absolutely. You, you asked me to speak. I'm speaking. This affidavit is paramount. What they did was they didn't rebut it. Everything in here is true. They have not rebutted it. Affidavit, 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 affidavit. Get it in, verbally or physically. And if you have to get it in verbally... I can try to put it back into the case. Take it in verbally. When they talk to you, start verbally talking about it. If, If they answer anything, what I always did, if they ever asked me a question after that, are you rebutting my affidavit? Exactly. I I iterated that all the way through. I used everything that you had stated. I used in front of the judge, and she still went on and. Well, did you say that? Did they say, "Are you rebutting my affidavit"? Did you ask that? Over and over. And what what was their what was their response to that? They just the judge looked like she was just deer caught in headlights with what what I did. But the attorney just kept on saying, I need this truck out, I need this truck out. I need this. Every time I said something, the attorney turned around and said, I need this truck out. That's, that's okay, are you rebutting my affidavit? 
And we kept going back and forth, back and forth with that. Okay, and the judge wasn't paying any attention, so that gives somebody, in in my opinion, that uh, uh, what I would do in that instance is I would look at that judge and I'd ask for an immediate postponement of the hearing so that I could do an interlocutory appeal and get a higher court that will make an ap- make an actual decision on this affidavit because it's it's been unrebutted. It's our, they're in default. This is over. We shouldn't even be having court. And, Your Honor, if, if you're going to strike that, you certainly lack jurisdiction because this issue deals with standing and jurisdiction. And if they don't have standing or jurisdiction, and to, if the other party doesn't have standing, then this court doesn't have jurisdiction. And if you continue to move forward like this, Your Honor, I must object to that and ask that this entire case be postponed while I do an interlocutory appeal so a higher court can make a decision on that argument. Okay. You, you need to know back. the right things to say. That's what it, you know, it's, well, sure. you got to know when you go in there what you're going to be saying. That's, you know, well, rehearsal. You, you, got, you have to know the court system and you have to know, because you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what they're going to do until you get in there. It's, right. it's dangerous. It's yeah. scary. It's spooky. Yeah. And that's what makes it very yeah. difficult for me is because I really can't go through and explain this stuff to people other than what I've done in the past. And it, it makes it hard. I mean, you guys don't know how bad I just want to chomp at the bit and start helping people again, but I can't do it. Yeah. Right. So at this point, as far as we get my affidavit back in, do I just uh, refile it again and try to get it back in? It's or just on paper. I mean, it's... it's I, I, I don't know where you're at, sir, and you keep asking me to give you advice, and I can't do it. That, that's what I'm trying to say to you. I, you're, uh-huh. you're pushing me to give you advice I cannot do. What I would do is I would verbally or I would get it back in one way, shape, or form. If they do not accept it, I would go to the next higher court. That's what I would do. Okay. All right. I understand. <laughs> I understand. All right, James. Thank you very much. Thank yep. you. I hope it works out for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You All know right, what, I, next... what, I can, what, what I can do at this point, if you can hold off on the, on the questions for just a second, sure. is um, th- there was, there was a, um, a, a case that was against me where I filed certain documentation and the judge didn't want anything to do with it. So they basically just struck it from the record. And what I did is immediately left the court as soon as that was done, and they basically did their normal standard garden variety railroading. And I walked right up to the circuit court, because that was a district court. I walked right up to the circuit court, and, and I asked for the documentation for an interlocutory appeal. An interlocutory appeal is you asking a higher court to interfere and cease and desist a lower court. Once it's filed, the other lower court must stop all actions until that higher court hears the matter. However, a lot of people fail because they go up there and argue the case again. When you're on appeal, you do not argue the case. You argue why this judge needs to interfere and tell the other judge, the inferior judge, what they're doing wrong, and to do it right. So the entire matter that you're bringing to a higher court must be, will you please jump in the middle of this issue? I did this, this judge did this, and it's against the rules, it's against the law here, and you have to do the research, and you have to tell that higher court 
what the lower court did wrong and ask that court to jump in and tell them to stop and to reverse it and to do things right. And I say that because I know so many people are going to go back up to that higher court and they're going to say, this is what's going on. I've got an affidavit. They, 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 they're not responding yet and so on. No. It's this court is not allowing a defaulted affidavit that goes to the very standing of the party to be put into the record and spoke about. Jurisdiction is paramount. And if a court doesn't have jurisdiction because of standing, then that court doesn't even have a right to talk, let alone make a decision. Um, This is where it would be a good time for me to go over again an old Supreme Court case, 1998. It was actually called Steele versus Citizens for a Better America. Um, And that case was actually reamplified in 2002 under U.S. versus Cotton, where the Supreme Court came out and said, Steel versus citizens was right. We're never hearing this again. It's over. It's done. It's been heard. Steel versus citizens basically in a nutshell said that there's three different types of jurisdiction. You've got impersonum, you've got um, venue, and you also have subject matter jurisdiction. And then the court went through and described what was called the three orders in which a court is supposed to operate. A court first must go through its own internal investigation to find out if that court has jurisdiction. In order for that court to have jurisdiction, they have to, A, make sure that both parties have standing. And if they don't, court lacks jurisdiction. After they go through and make sure that the court has what's called subject matter jurisdiction, meaning that the court actually has the right to hear the subject of that case, they can move to standing. So first, the court has to make sure that they have authority to hear the subject of the case. Secondly, they have to make sure both parties have standing. And they have to do them in that order. If the court finds they have subject matter jurisdiction, then they can move to standing. If the court then finds that the court or the parties do have standing, then they can go and hear the facts of the case. This affidavit goes to standing of the parties. If that bank does not have standing, the court does not have jurisdiction, and the court can't even discuss or look at evidence or make a decision whether they can throw something out of court. They don't have a right to be there. That is what the source of this is all about, that affidavit. It's not about the issue. It's not about Federal Reserve notes. It's not about banks and banking. This is about does that party, the bank, even have a right to be here and make a complaint? If they don't have a right to make a complaint, then the court doesn't have a right to even ask me what my name is. That needs to be the source of someone's argument to a higher court. That lower court judge obviously doesn't want to talk about it, so the higher court must. Sorry, I went on a little gyration there, but I thought that might be relevant. I think that was very good. All right, mm-hmm. let's see here. We've got a couple more people in. Oh, boy. More people in line now. Uh, go ahead, East and uh, North Alabama. You've been unmuted. Hey, Dan. Angela. Hi. Hey there, how are you? Uh, tremendous. 
and yourself? I I could be better, but I could be worse too. So I, I'm kind of doing okay. Thanks. <laughs> you know, uh, we did this uh, affidavit of trust uh, sometime uh, right around or before the last time he's on here. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Hadn't heard nothing from the banks. Hadn't made no payments. And uh, just wonder should we file this affidavit into? Uh, uh, the county records. Wow, that's been a while, hasn't it? It has. So I'm like okay. standing in limbo, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> How long has it been? Uh, it's it's going by approaching a year. Oh, okay. Um. And there's no court case, right? No, not not at this moment. I hadn't seen anything in the papers for, you know, a sale or... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, it, here's what I did to GMAC on my own personal loan up in Traverse City. I didn't hear anything for two years. So I went down to the county recorder's office and I filed that affidavit with a default, both notarized, and I filed it on what's called a UCC-3 form, which is a UCC-3 amendment. Um, and that amends a prior filing. And I amended it based upon that default from the affidavit. And everything thereafter went away in my case. I, I, I can't obviously guarantee, and I'm not trying to tell you what to do. That's what I did. And that $125,000 loan went away. And it's actually funny because the credit bureau back in, God, that was 99 or 2000 or something like that, quite a few years ago, um, the credit bureau from GMEC actually said that it was paid off and paid in full on time, and they gave me perfect credit rating too. Wow. Now let me ask you something. When you file a, a default, I mean, that was that a default judgment? Nope. It's it's oh. you, you file an affidavit and you give somebody a certain amount of time to answer, like say thirty days. Okay. If they don't answer it within thirty days, I go down to a notary with a default, which is also part of that uh the, the documents. Um it's just a default stating that on such and such day I serve this party with an affidavit of trust or affidavit or whatever it is, and thirty days has elapsed and I'm hereby certifying that I have not received any response, therefore they are in default and have that notarized, and then the two documents together get filed either in court or in the county filing records. Um, and again, the default notice is just a notice of default, meaning that now the party is bound by the default provisions in the affidavit. In prior um, conversations, I talked about an affidavit is only as good as the defaults that are in it. Um, if there is no default provisions in an affidavit, that affidavit is absolutely worthless. It, it's nothing. Because a court, just like the one gentleman that we had a very good conversation with, there's contracts. And an affidavit is basically you stating this is the truth. Please rebut it. If they don't rebut it, then it becomes the truth. And the notary authenticates it, and the default actually amplifies it and then when you go to file it into a document, that is what the court must now because everything is state certified. The court has to recognize it because it is all state authorized, state certified. So if you, but now 
the judge is going to look at that affidavit and say, okay, it was notarized, so it's proper, um, and here's the allegations, but there's no default. So we do move the court. When you said something earlier about, you know, you got to go in there and take control, the affidavit did take control because the affidavit does have default in it. And the default provisions say that the bank has no right to take me to court. The bank has uh, no no argument whatsoever if I want to claim money damages, if I want to sue the bank, if I want to make an insurance claim against the bond on this bank for doing what they did. The default provisions are pretty crystal clear in there. Those are the controlling items for the judge. Typically what a judge is supposed to do is he looks at that, it's a binding contract between the, between the two parties, and the judge should look at you and say, which of these judgment provisions are you going to be following? If the judge don't do that, you have to move the judge to do it. That is the importance of getting this affidavit in there, either verbally or on the record, or both if you can. How do you move the judge to do it? How do you, with, with a document. I mean, you've got to force it. And if the judge is not going to hear anything about it, um, I myself, I would go up to the next higher court. Force the issue. Make noise. Like, I'm not going to tuck my tail and run away. This is my issue. What you did was wrong. I executed the affidavit. And it's my duty and my responsibility to fulfill it if you don't answer. If you don't answer, I'm filing a default. And if I have to file a default, then I'm going to the county records if there's no court case. And I'm going to say, look, this, this filing that you got here from the bank is wrong. Here's the state-authenticated um, documented, documented evidence. And what you do at that point is, is when you file it, it does what they call clouding the title. And now in order to get that cloud off, that bank has to bring you into court. Or you can beat them to the punch, and you can take them to court for frivolous filing in the state records office, for you know all kinds of misrepresentation, possibly securities fraud if you went and did your homework on the SEC's website and found that they admit to the SEC that they have no right title and interest in any of their loans, but now they're trying to file an interest in a loan in a state public registry. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different things, and that's why I'm saying people really, really, really need to read that document because you just, are in control of this. I just posted the the link to it, so if you're on the chat, I just put the link there. That it's right under Dan's picture. It says <clears throat> affidavit. All right. Okay. Is that it for you, Eastern North Alabama? Well, I got two more items there. Uh, one of them oh, is okay. a, <laughs> a standing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, we we had brought up. Uh, I was helping a friend of mine with a traffic case, and I was telling, uh, uh, you know, bring up standing. And the judge said. They didn't know what he was talking about. They played dumber and dirt, <laughs> you know. No, they, they don't. They are. Most most entry-level district court judges are nothing more than glorified attorneys that were paid to become judges. The, right. Well, we're talking about a, a city municipal court, you know. Sure. A uh, simple we, traffic. We just, we just had the, the, the chief district court judge here in Muskegon County who retired a couple of years ago biggest alcoholic in town and I have first hand direct knowledge that five hundred thousand dollars was paid to the Republican Action Committee, the GOP here in the state, and after that donation was made, he was appointed to be a the 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 um chief judge of the district court 
here in Muskegon County. It's, it's a game to these people. If he's an attorney, he don't know how to be a judge. He goes uh, and hears what other judges say, but they don't know the rules. I mean, that, that's why I'm saying I'm, I, I, I hate to say this, but I, I don't think that you really – you probably read the affidavit, but I don't think you did the research behind it because now you're asking questions. And had you really read and dove into that and really studied it and backed up everything that was said in there – with your own evidence, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Now, which, which uh, are you talking about the affidavit of trust or? Mm-hmm. Any document, really. Okay, I, mean, so, see, I, I was uh, referring you back to the standing on a traffic ticket. Sure. Traffic court. Yep. And, yep. you know, we try to, uh, uh, try to get my friend to, uh, go go after after the case on standing that uh, nobody could come forward who had standing, and uh, of course the judge said they didn't know nothing about standing. What are you talking about? Well, sure, there's no there's there's the the plaintiff would have been the state of Michigan, and you mm-hmm. really can't ask if that person has standing. There, there's no one there. It's just you and the prosecutor. Okay, and my other uh, uh, question was you were talking Wait a minute, about... wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If it, mm-hmm. Okay, so should he have asked the prosecutor, you know, or, or accused him I of was, not having I was hoping, I was, I was hoping somebody would start elaborating on that because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're delving into contract law here now because there was a contract. <clears throat> when somebody signs for a driver's license, um, there's... Technically, there's six different pieces or items that require a contract. In order for a contract to be valid, six things have to be met. Um, obviously, three of them are pretty simple. I mean, you got two parties that can contract. That's you know that covers three three of them right there. Um, however, the other one is that you agree to do something and that you paid for it. And the last thing is that you gave some kind of um, what's the technical word I'm looking for? There has to be... Consideration. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what was that? Consideration. Right. And so you have the six different items in there. When you get a driver's license, that's a contract. So now you have a contract between you and the so-called state of whatever. So the judge looks at you and says, I don't know about standing because you're in a commercial court talking about a commercial issue where the party being represented by the attorney is completely into a commercial world where he's got a contract with you. So it isn't about standing because you signed for a driver's license. The standing well, the there based problem with that right. argument is, uh, you know, how long does the driver's license contract last for? He's not had a driver's license in over 20 years. Okay. So, uh, um, um, and that's the reason for being in a court, you know. So he he was in there for not having a driver's license when the law said he was supposed to then? Right. Well, he didn't okay. have tag, driver's license, insurance, none of that stuff. Okay, so that's really not a standing issue. That would be more of a jurisdictional issue. Because the court would really only have jurisdiction if he was into a contract in order for that judge 
to even discuss it. Mm-hmm. So what should I'm, he do? I'm, I mean, they obviously have this guy, you know, jumping through hoops. But what does he do if he hasn't had a license <coughs> in 20 years? I mean... Well, and, and, and Angela, here, here's one reason I'm so terrified to get on this call. I've been asked so many times tonight to oh. give advice, and I, I can't do no, that. No, no, no. We don't. No, there's no don't, no legal advice on this call. Void where well, you're, you're, well no, because it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter what disclaimers we give. It's the answers that I give. If I'm giving somebody advice or giving them opinion in a legal matter, I'm, I'm technically giving advice. So when you say what can he do or what should he do, you're asking for my opinion and my advice. That's the I'm way that I should. Let me rephrase so, it. What would you do in his situation? Thank well, you. <laughs> can, can I rephrase it? Can you entertain us? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what what I would do in a circumstance like that is if I didn't have a contract with, with somebody, then, I mean, I would basically walk in there, and if somebody called my name, I wouldn't even go up to the bar. I would just stand up, and the judge is going to call a name, and I'd look at him and say, do you have a claim against me? And he's going to say, no, he does. And I would look at him and say, do you have a claim against me? No. What if they come back and say, well, are you Dan Benham or whatever name? Do you have a claim against me? (laughs) Do you have a claim against me? Sure, I'm Dan Benham. Do you have a claim against me? Okay. No. Do you have a claim against me? No. I don't have any claims here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm have a nice day. I'm out of here. <laughs> I like you're that. not bound. You're not bound by a contract. Where's the contract? If the guy doesn't have a license, I mean, where's the contract? But okay. And what else? Do was, do was, I'm sorry. Do was, there was actually a gentleman down in, um, where was that, Fort Myers, I think it was, Fort Myers, Florida, uh, called me up many years ago. He had an issue with a credit card. And he had to be to court the next day. It was like a fire drill thing. And, and he says, look, this, this MBA bank is suing me for $23,000. I want to take my house. One, I knew that was illegal. But number two, it, this was 10 o'clock at night. And he had to be at court at 9 in the morning. I'm like, thanks for giving me a heads up. Um, but anyways, what, what I suggested he do is exactly what I just said there. And he walked out. He never heard another peep for a year. And that year went by, and he was obviously being sought after, but they weren't pressing the issue in court. And a year went by, and he calls me up. He says, Dan, what, you know, what's, what's going on? This has been a year. What, what should I do? And I just told him, I says, it's been a year. The state says that they have to prosecute you within 12 months or execute their claim. So quite simply, just file a motion for dismissal based upon lack of execution of your contract. You filed a complaint. You got a year to, to execute it. You didn't do so. Therefore, I've, you know, I, I, I want this case gone. And the judge signed it immediately after a year of no, nothing happened. Is that going to happen in yours? I have no idea. But there's no contract. If there's no contract, I don't. I, how, how can the court hear something when there's no contract? No contract, no agreement, no, no. There's no two parties. You're not a party to it. They might be, you know, the state of Michigan might have right to go in there and argue, but where, where's your agreement to that? Yeah. Okay. Is that it for you now? Well, the the third thing was, uh, you got any updates on this uh, 
habeas corpus you, you had mentioned. Okay, that could be one of two different styles of habeas corpus. I, I spoke about two different kinds on the phone. One is new evidence from some friends in Florida that un- uncovered uh, some very interesting 1500s former King of uh, England documentation that was filed in Florida courts about the true meaning of habeas corpus mm. and have also done conversations about civil habeas corpus the way it's executed here in the States. So which one are you referring to? No, I remember you mentioning something about the the ancient one. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know there was such thing as a habeas corpus in civil matters. Well, habeas corpus is a is a civil action. That's exactly what it is. It's not a criminal action. It's a civil action. All habeas corpuses are civil. Okay. Um, but in the, uh, I mean, could you most most habeas corpus is to bring somebody forward who is uh, you know incarcerated. Oh no 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 no. Um, there, there's uh, habeas corpus dot net. Dale Robertson out of uh, Texas, uh, and he freely gives me permission to use his name at any point in time. Um, he is by far the foremost, most intelligent individual I've ever met and ever heard on habeas corpus. Um, he, he's given me stories and showed me documentation where uh, the the local county went and told some old lady, older gal down in Texas that she had to move all the wood off of her off, off of her property. She had she bought a bunch of wood. She was going to build a fence and a barn and all this other stuff. And she got hurt and she couldn't do it for a while. So the the, the county came out there and gave her a two hundred dollar bill. Said you got to move this, otherwise you got to pay the bill. He filed a habeas corpus and got that struck out. There was no human being involved at all. Habeas corpus doesn't have to do with anything about bringing a body back. It has to do with righting and wrong. If the state does something wrong, habeas corpus is designed to remove the wrong. Uh, is the easiest layman's terms that I can use for it. So um, if a elected official or a civil servant does something that they're not supposed to be doing, habeas corpus can be used to stop that, um, I'll just say, wrong activity, whether it's criminal, civil, or even if it's just something that's not found in the laws that habeas corpus can be used for that. Absolutely, it can be used in a criminal matter. If somebody is held in prison or in jail and they don't have a right to, you're absolutely correct. It does mean bring the body forward. Um, but that's not the, the it, it's not limited to just that issue. So it could be used in a foreclosure matter even, a wrongful absolutely. absolutely. But be careful because habeas corpus can only be used against civil servants. So if it was in a a foreclosure matter, you have to make sure the person, not the company, the person that is being named in there is someone who swore an oath to the United States Constitution, which I mentioned earlier, the directors of banks do take oaths to the Constitution. Well, yeah, yeah, I remember reading a court case somewhere along the line, I can't remember it, where it said that the banks were considered officers uh, or employees of the government? Um, if I'm not mistaken, it shouldn't have moved as of right now, but uh, 
um, 12 United States Code Section 9, I believe it is, or I might be thinking the statute, so if I, if I give you the wrong section, I apologize, but it is entitled directors of the, uh, and it's not the bank or the lender, in the, in the 12 United States Code, which is banks and banking, it is the association because every bank is part of an association. It's actually considered a national association. Even credit unions, CUNA, is Credit Union National Association. So it says every association shall have a director, and said director has to take an oath to the Constitution. But it's referring to the bank directors there. Well, as the board of directors, which is an entity right. which controls the bank. So, therefore, when they use the word bank, they're actually referring to the bank directors are the ones that actually take the oath, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, it's a pleasure hearing you. Glad you're doing well. Andrew, thanks for bringing them back. I hope to hear from you again soon. Yes, thank you very much. And feel free to get a hold of Dale Robertson on habeascorpus.net and tell my old friend I said hello. Uh, habeas corpus. Daniel, you got that site? I don't Daniel, know if she heard you. She, she might be on mute. She might have got knocked off. I don't know. Oh my god, I've been talking to myself for the past minute and a half. I <laughs> said, it's probably, probably a potty break. I said I was writing down Dale Robertson, and what did you say was the name of the website? Uh, the last I knew was habeascorpus.net, and it was up as of last year. So, okay. Yeah, habeascorpus.net. Habeascorpus.net. Mm-hmm. I'll look into it. Um, I Robertson. will warn you right now, if you do talk to him, he's from Texas, and he's long-winded. So uh, <laughs> be ready to be on the phone for a bit. Oh, Okay. <laughs> All right, is that good for you now, East and North Alabama? It is. Thank you again, Angela. You know, and, and actually to amplify that too, um, Dale and I have shared very a whole bunch of information. Dale is also extremely knowledgeable in banking too, just as a little tip for you there. Okay, thank you. And uh, Bunky put the uh, link on the chat. Thank you, Bunky. All right, next up, Great Gazoo. You have been unmuted, my dear. What is your question or comment? Hi, Angela. Hi. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I was just listening here. I was. You caught me at the beginning here when you were talking about your movie. I don't want to get you distracted or sidetracked or anything. Just real quick, did you have a name for the movie or a title? Already? No, I'm 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 not divulging anything more than that right now. I, I apologize. Please don't take <laughs> okay. it personally. No, it's cool. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, All right. Just wait till it comes out. All right. Well, if it's a, you know one of them things that you, you know when you see it kind of thing, then then I'll have nothing to worry about. But I wanted to look for it. So. Oh, I, I, trust me, it'll get publicized. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll have him on to promote it anyway. So, (laughs) all right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Next up is Delaware. Go ahead, Delaware. Is that you, Dave? Yes. The first thing is the definition of the word "drive" means to charge money. You're not charging money. You're not driving. If you're not using your private property automobile, it is not a vehicle. 
You know, I, I I took up in Traverse City, Michigan. This was 1998. I was pulled over for doing 28 miles an hour in a 25-mile-an-hour zone. Got in front of the judge, and, the, and the, the judge and the prosecutor said, were you driving the car? I said, no. Forty-five minutes later, the judge and the prosecutor read in the face, were you driving the car? No, I was traveling. I keep telling you that. I've already answered it. I was traveling. Shapiro versus Thompson, I am free to travel throughout the United States uninhibited by statutes, rules, and regulations. Thank you very much, United States Supreme Court. So the second thing is the definition of a vehicle is a vehicle in commerce. So if you're not charging money using your automobile, it is not a vehicle, and it's not a vehicle in commerce because you're not using it to charge money with. That's sure. Ralph Winteroud, one of the researchers from Alaska, has mm-hmm. proven that the court rules supersede law and code. The court mm-hmm. rules supersede both code and law, and that means that the court rules are what rule the court, not the code and not the law. Court right. rule number 12B1 is the subject matter. Court rule mm-hmm. number 12B2 is the venue. Mm-hmm. Court rule number 12B3 is the in personam. They have to have all three of the elements in order to proceed with your accusations. They cannot proceed unless they've established, number one, that you are the fictitious person. Number two, that you're in a fictitious zone or territory or the District of Columbia or a territory or possession. And people, live natural actual people, are not in fictions. Actual natural live people as opposed to corporate fiction, all capital letter name, persons, people are on, they're above fictions. They're not in Mm -hmm. the District of Columbia, 10 miles square, or any territories or possessions, such as the fictitious state of, or the fictitious 90210, or the fictitious capital C, capital A, or fictitious K, capital Y. Those fictitious zones are only for fictitious persons. Subjects of Congress, live, natural, actual people are not subjects of Congress. They're not created by Congress. They're created by the Lord Almighty God and not a bunch of guys, communist Republicans and communist Democrats, sitting around in Washington. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you, you brought all that back up because a very, very, very good friend of mine from days back who is now deceased, his name was Jim DeArmond. Uh Jim DeArmond was an absolute administrative nightmare when it came to exactly what you were talking about. He did it every single time administratively with the prosecutor, issued a ticket, the administrative letter started, and every single one of them had to do with exactly what you're saying. And that man, within two years, yeah, I got up there in 97, and by 99, that man had over 150 civil infractions wiped out. So I will validate every bit of what you're saying. One last thing. Anyone is worried about Internal Revenue Service or the State Franchise Board, which is the same thing as the Internal Revenue Service in California. They just changed the name to the State Franchise Board. If if it's voluntary, and if people want to learn how to discontinue volunteering, and in effect un-volunteer, just go to escapeharassment.com. And activate Howard Griswold's strategy number one 
and that will be the way to discontinue volunteering into the Internal Revenue Service or volunteering, being tricked into volunteering, into the state franchise board. Then you're not subject to any of those taxes. Thank you very much. Um, let's move on. Let's see here. I've, I've got time for one more. One, one more oh. here, and i got to get off the phone. So. <clears throat> All right. J-Rod, go ahead. You've got the floor. Oh, I just had a real quick question. Uh, in terms of the case law that you stated earlier, Steel versus Citizens, and then something versus Cotton, can you just say those again so I can write them down so I can read them? I, I, I heard the, the two cases. It's actually Steel Corporation versus Citizens for a Better Environment, United States Supreme Court, 1998. And then the other one is U.S. U.S. versus Cotton, C-O-T-T-O-N, and that was 2002. Okay, what was it? Steel Corporation versus Citizens for a Better Environment. What was that year? 1998. Okay, great. Okay, got it. I just wanted to read those. Thanks so much. I'm just yeah, checking yeah, out please, all your documents. Please do. Yeah, right, please do read you. them cases because those, those cases are very, very good cases. Okay, did you say one more? <laughs> um, my my fiancé here is like calling every 10 seconds. So. <laughs> all right. Because we just have two people still up there and it's not quite the two hours is up, but I don't want to hold you. Okay, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do one more. All right, Jolly BFD, go ahead. Hi, uh, Dan. Uh, my name is Brad. I'm over in Kansas, mm-hmm. and um, I've got a little bit different type of traffic ticket that I'm I'm unsure what to deal with. I've been listening to a lot of Carl Lentz's stuff, and I discovered Angela Stark, and this is my first time ever calling in. And uh, I farm, and I was hauling compost to to my gardens. And with one with a, my grain truck, and I got pulled over and given a ticket for overweight. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to, of course, there's no way to know how heavy horse crap is, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so a I lot of crap. Had a whole load of it. Yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> the ticket, and so I'm trying to figure out how best to deal with this ticket, you know, because I I believe about you know and about being a man that's traveling and not operating under a driver's license. So Dan, how would I, you since handle I was, it? Since I was doing for my own stuff, but I don't know how how to approach it with the prosecutor, maybe how to keep it out of court, how in general how to get it shut down. Okay. Um well, I think this would be a perfect time for me to defer that right back to Delaware Dave that was just on here because I will absolutely <laughs> validate everything that man just said. Okay. Is there I mean, any difference? No, he he hit everything right to the T. Um, he he definitely said it without hesitation. So I know exactly. I I, I feel confident with what he's going to tell you is is not going to be wrong. I've seen okay. it myself, and what he said was precisely exactly what Jim Diarman did, and I've seen hundreds of successes with it. Okay, and it doesn't matter if it's like you know a weight regulation versus a speed regulation, anything like that. It's a I'm regulation. Sorry, is a that. regulation. Is a regulation. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeesh. Comp- you were. You were. Gosh, were you on your own property, or were you on a public road, or? 
I, I was curious. on a public road. I was on a public road, but I had just left the the, the horse uh, the horse boarding stable where I had picked it up. Mm-hmm. I was within half a mile of it. Wow. <laughs> oh. You didn't drop anything on the way, huh, home? <laughs> I, I wanted to just kind of tip the head bed back because he was parked off close to me. <laughs> he dumped a pile of poop on the guy, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't. I guess uh, you, you know if you heard Dave, he's got his you know website. You know what is it? Um, what is it, Dave? Harassment? What? It's escapeharassment.com. Escapeharassment.com. The other title for the same website is www.escape-tickets-capital-i-capital-r-capital-s-court. .org. Yeah, that's too much to remember. The other one's easier. <laughs> Escape Harassment. EscapeHarassment.com, same website. Yeah. And that's Howard Griswold's strategy number one. Study those definitions that are posted at the website and then activate and implement strategy number one. The sooner the better, immediately. But you have to repeat it each and every time. You can't just do it one time and expect all evil to disappear. That's not the way they work. <laughs> all right. Thanks, is that, Dave. Is that similar to the... Uh, Similar to the letter that uh, that you said you'd witnessed uh, 150 t- 150 traffic cases being uh, canceled. Uh, I, are you I talking to who are you talking to? Daniel said well, the story about uh, 150 cases that he he knew a guy yeah, that had. Yeah, that was uh, Jim DeArmond up north, and it was actually Jim DeArmond was working at the time with Mr. Griswold. I personally have never met Mr. Griswold, but. Um, I know Jim dealt with him a lot, and he also dealt with, oh, gosh, he was from Oklahoma, and he also died, but he was he was a monster in taxation. I'm, I'm sure somebody can throw the name out here. Um, uh, so I, I, I have a feeling Jim passed away, oh, goodness, probably eight, nine years ago. Um, but I, I Jim who? Jim DeArmond. DeArmond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his wife was actually the worker at the Social Security Administration office that gave me the firsthand direct information that Social Security was uh-huh. volunteered. She worked uh-huh. there. She was one of the managers up in Carver City. Uh, gosh. So, yeah. Nice. All right. I, I well, that, I guess. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I know that Jim uh, and Mr. Griswold emailed a lot together back and forth. I don't know if they spoke in person, but I assume they did since they spoke back and forth um, uh, via email with administrative strategies on uh, civil traffic issues. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I uh, I appreciate you coming on and spending time with us and sharing your knowledge. Everybody does. You know, I get so many emails. When's Dan coming back? When are you going to have Dan Benham on again? You know, so... Uh, we can, we got to do it more often. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do thank you all, and and I do want to you know thank you for having me back on. Oh, of um, course. And also having and also having patience with me because I I do have a lot going on, and and what what I've got up my sleeve is, you know I don't know if it's it's going to work or not, but it certainly is going to hopefully open up and open up enough eyes that and, and that's what we need is numbers. I mean it's a, it's a yeah. numbers game, so. You know, they thought I exploited them before. They haven't seen anything yet. Oh, well, I can't wait. (laughs) 
I can't wait till you're off this damn probation. Also, jeez. Yeah, like, <sighs> all right, yeah, Dan. I mean, you have I mean, a good evening. You go talk to your fiance and tell her uh, give us give her our apologies for keeping you. <laughs> I, I love you. She can have you all she wants. We only get you for a couple hours for crying out loud. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Thank you so much thank for you. coming on, and uh, have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you again. I hope soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. It's uh, well. We still have about nine minutes. If you want to still chit chat, Mike, I'll unmute you since you were on. You know, you had your hand up. Sorry about that. I forgive you. Thank you. Um, Maybe I can. Well, I don't know. What What, what did you want to ask? Well, say? I could I could make I could probably say something while Dan's walking away to into his property. Uh, I will uh, make a little thing. Uh, next time he does the next time he feels selfish for, you know, wanting to break not you know not breaking away from the system that you know that they should just like you know, like like tackle the system itself. Why don't he just uh, apply the self help rule, or the uh, self preservation rule, when he does that? That, that way he won't uh, feel selfish. What's that? That was. That was well, he said that earlier or something about that, and when I heard that, and when I heard that, I got a little mad because usually when when people try to make you feel selfish, that's, they're just trying to keep you in the system anyway. And you know, my cause my family used to pull that crap with me a lot, and uh, and I learned you know to break away from that real quickly, and I started getting mm-hmm. successful because of it. Uh, I'm not like Alex Jones mad or nothing. I'm more like uh, uh, Sonia Patters and mad, you know. <laughs> And you, and you know when she talks, you can't even tell what the hell's on her mind. You gotta listen. Yeah. But oh, but I promise. <laughs> but I promise. Uh, I promise. I will not say the word aboot. Uh, oh, it's okay. <laughs> aboot is good. All right. All right. <laughs> All right uh, I believe I'm done. I will see you next week. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, anybody else? Ta-da. Okay. <laughs> you have anything else to say? It's you know we've got about eight minutes, seven minutes. I'm this is Morgan waiting. Freeman. This is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> if you like Angela Stark's call, why don't you donate now? <laughs> oh, thank you. That's sweet. <laughs> thank you, Morgan. <laughs> I love you more than penguins. No. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. The male penguin lays 5,000 eggs in an hour. That's okay. I'm not going to be out that long anyway. I'm Morgan Freeman. Thank you. Take care. Uh, there was a, a show on tonight with Anna Von Wrights, that judge. So, uh, unfortunately, it came on the same time as our call. But uh, I think the video, the audio is there. It's on a blog talk radio. And uh, I will find the link to it because I want to listen to it and see what she has to say. Ron Ranger Ron gave me her number. And I was going to call her up and see if she wants to come on our call. But uh, I got to hear her a little bit first. You know, she writes good if that's her writing, all these papers that keep coming over from the Judge Anna. Um, sounds real good, but uh, I don't know. I got to go listen to her on the call and see what she has to say. And uh, actually, Ron gave me the names and uh, phone numbers for four different judges. Uh, common law judges, that is, and I would like to have, I've been thinking about and contemplating a roundtable discussion between these four judges. I think that would be a good call, and then, you know, we can ask all kinds of questions. But uh, 
one day at a time. See, we're, well, I think we're uh, just about out of time, as a matter of fact. It's uh, one hour, 55 minutes into the call. And I think, wow. Hey, Angela. Yeah. Hey, Angela. What, um, what happened to that one other guy? That Remember he talked about the word you? I forgot his name. I forgot his, uh, I forgot his uh, handle name. That was Blue Lotus Traveler. Yeah, yeah. I think his, uh, I think it was, I think his uh, code name was Zizix. Yeah. 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 I don't know how you pronounce it. Oh, he's he's on Skype. I I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's interesting. He's been on. I I guess he hasn't been on in a while. You know, his time just is flying by. The month of January is over already. Jesus, we just started 2016, and it's you know, first month's gone. I just, I don't know going by way too fast. I can't get anything done. There's not enough time. <laughs> uh, smoking a bowl here on the chat is saying, I found Anna Von Rice on Facebook. Pass that over. Yeah, she has Facebook. <laughs> that's, his, that's his name. That's not him doing it. That's just his name. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, no, anyway, I know you want right. me to say that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. I'm only this is California. It's legal here. If you have a I'm not going to unpack anytime soon, though. I. <laughs> that, that was a pun. I didn't. I didn't realize I just said a pun. I says I'm not going to pack anytime soon. <laughs> I just thought of that. Wow. <laughs> pack and get it. Pack. All right. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, call it a night, then, my dears. Uh, and nobody right. else has their hand up, so I guess nobody else wants to talk. So uh, anybody interested in Dan's uh, affidavit, I put the link here in the chat. It's also on the website. It's the first link on the left on the page <coughs> named Dan Venom. And uh, if you go to our website, myprivateaudio.com, you go to the, uh, it's right there in the middle at the very top. It says Dan Venom. And to the left of him is Carl Lentz, and to the right of him is Dave Mack, and then we've got the guest speakers pages where you can click on a voluminous page full of people and their names sh- and their paperwork make is a, there. I shall make a faint huh? to the north. I shall make a faint to the north. And I, a faint? <laughs> a faint to the north. That's a, that's a quote from uh, from a movie, like when they're like a battle plan or something like that. <laughs> it's like when, you, like when you're on that site, it's almost like, like a map. So it says, I, I will go to the north, and I will look for whoever that is. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Dan Benham's page is on the website, myprivateaudio.com. The Affidavit of Trust is the first link on the left underneath his Facebook, uh, well, I don't know, button, I guess you would call it. Otherwise, uh, there's a whole bunch of people that you can learn from on our guest speakers' pages. But uh, next week, I, who do I have next week? I don't even remember. I was trying to give Bill Conklin, but... Uh, Next week, I'm trying to get Ken W. back. Oh, that's good. I like that guy. Yeah, he's good. Um, oh, gosh, there's just so many people that would be good, you know. It's, there's just not how about, enough time. How about Kate of Gaia? Kate of Gaia, she's, yeah. well, I, you know, I don't, um, nah. I, I, she's, I, still, I, she's, still, um, she's still over there on the couch or what? I don't, I don't know. You know, I, 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 I'm on her Skype, so 
she was going back and forth with Al Barcroft there. Oh, my that? goodness. What a, what, I know, what, and they uh, put me on the email. Uh, you know, and there's like 50 other people what, on the email, too. And they go back and forth, back and like? forth, arguing and complaining. <laughs> so I don't really want to get it, into that. It kind doesn't of matter. <laughs> I, I can just hear Al Barcroft go, it doesn't matter how many eggs I want. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> kind of yeah, silly, yeah. but fun. Uh, maybe him. I don't know. You haven't heard from him lately. He's he live, He's where over in Ecuador or something. Uh, I don't remember exactly where, but yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know. He's somewhere. That isn't somewhere. where. Uh, that isn't where. What's his face is? Uh, 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 John Roger McAfee. Sales? Oh, I no, don't know. John McAfee. Roger Sales is over in Argentina, I believe it is. Okay. I don't know about McAfee. I don't know who that is. But anyway, let's call it a night, my dear. Okay, bye-bye. Take and care, we'll everybody. See you next Thursday. Thank you. Good and night, oh, wait, everybody. Quick. Oh, wait. Here, uh, here's, uh, here's, uh, here's Vital real quick. Oh, uh, if you like Angela Call, go donate. <laughs> Private audio. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Where is he? He's not on here tonight. He's around. I don't know. He's probably doing something with his brother about the, I don't know if that court thing they, they did. I don't know if he's going to do another vital rights or, or he's usually uh, on the Kalman Col- Law with Mike. I've, yeah. I haven't I haven't checked it out much lately though. I mean, it's, I try to stay away from a while because for some reason there's a couple of the couple of people that just they start clowning around and stuff, man. And that, that gets contagious. Oh. So well, it's like I'm I gotta looking... stop for a while. I kind of yeah, feel well, bad too when I was on uh, when I was on Carl's call last week, and uh, one of the guys did that, and I don't think he thought. I think he thought the call was dropped off or something, and, and he made a goofy comment, and then and then I came back in and later. I accidentally said one instead of asking if the call was ended, and he's like, "Oh, that's okay. I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just gonna uh, go private again and just let everybody pay for the." <laughs> I said, "Well, you know what? <laughs> that hey, go for it, man. I hope you do, man. Maybe that'll maybe I'm that'll sorry. keep what us are you in talking? line." about oh it was uh when carl's uh, call yeah what happened i he was um it was, it was actually about two was it two weeks ago three weeks ago and he was talking about his little case that he's having and then uh with uh i guess uh frank or uh i guess you know his um his uh mother's husband yeah, yeah mother's husband and uh and then uh i guess the call i guess something happened uh with one of the one of the callers so then uh this guy Bob uh made a comment. He's kinda he's kinda silly. He made a goofy comment about uh oh maybe he's doing something with his girlfriend or something. I don't wanna I don't wanna give the details with all the naughty oh, bits. Okay. But uh and then the Carl's like, Oh, hey, hey, what are you doing? You know? So then uh so then the call the the call drops off again and I dropped off. So then I came back in and then uh, and I didn't hear anything. Uh but me, like a dummy, instead of uh, asking if the darn uh, call uh, was over or something, me, I, I, like a dummy, I just made a comment myself. I go like, oh, they all live happily ever after or something. <laughs> and, then, and then about five seconds later, Carl is like, yeah, well, okay, well, like I said, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have to go private again, or whatever. How we were said it. Go private? What do you I mean kinda, go private on the call? Uh, he does. Yeah, he, he's like with, because uh, uh, he tried that a couple of times where. Uh, he was gonna try that where uh you know, like if you want to get on the call you gotta donate or something. Oh. Oh, okay. 'Cause I didn't understand I think the way the way he has private. it. Yeah, the way he has it set up, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I was yeah. wondering how to go private. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to go private on here. How do you go private? I don't know. You know, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm oh, like, well, good. Know. God bless him and whatever he does. You know, I, 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 the guy's methods are golden. Okay. I hope, uh, I hope one day you guys and can I catch think, up, though. That would be pretty cool if you do. But uh, yeah, right I, now it'll you be. You know what? I, I like Carl. I just lost all respect for him. You know, when he stuck up for the guy after fondling his daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just don't, I don't even want to go there, actually. I love Carl yeah. for what he's done and what we've learned from him, and God bless him. And I hope he figures it out and finds his way, whatever that may be. Because okay. I don't wish him any bad things at all, you know. So, anyway, let's leave it at that. Uh, okay. Everybody, have a great weekend. Uh We'll see you next time, and uh, let's see. Hopefully, we'll I'll have a good lineup of special guest speakers for everybody to learn stuff from in the coming weeks. Uh, I know there was something I wanted to say, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, oh, well, if I think about it, I'll write it down so I can remember it next time. Um, all right, everybody, that's it. We're going to call it a night. Uh, it was a good call. What is that? What is that Oh, my, my bad. I'm sorry. I thought I muted out. I blew my nose. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, why sorry, don't I hope, I don't catch, hope you don't catch cold or nothing. Uh, I already <laughs> caught one. You know, that was last week. I'm all better now. <laughs> oh, maybe you gave it to me then. Okay, well, maybe, all right. Maybe, huh? <laughs> all right, oh, yeah. bye-bye, Stuart. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, take care. care. Yes, Thanks. Angela. Do you you remember last last call when uh, uh, Kirk Tongbach was on last week? He told, in connection with a CLB, we had to get that. Up, you know, we had to call. We had to get it, and it was supposed to be authenticated. I don't know what that means, as opposed to verified or certified. But he also said you had to have something from the federal court. Do you remember what? You know, do you know how to access that information, or is that really just a? a You're talking about Curtis's call last week. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Remember him saying I, about? I, he said the waiver. I mean, all of that stuff is posted on yeah, his no. website there, but right. I don't remember. Um, it was it was mentioned. I listened to the call again. You know, I listened to it four hours plus, and I think it was. I think he mentioned it early on, and then he also mentioned it later about you had to have the COLB had to be an authenticated document and then it oh, also had Oh, that's right. It was a birth certificate, I think. Right, and, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm not sure oh, what the gosh. difference between a COLB and a birth certificate per se are. Well, you got to go listen to the call again, I guess, because he was yeah, very I, explicit. Also, on his website, it's more brief and concise. Maybe you can just read it faster. I'll snoop through me. that and see. Maybe, maybe he's put it on there. I, I didn't find it when I looked today, but I, I thought I'd throw this out on, uh, on you know, on your call tonight and see what maybe somebody might know. Because mm-hmm. he did mention something about the federal. He had to have the federal uh, authentication or something to do with federal in connection with the COLB. And the Ron, are you still on here? Ron, Manger Ron, are you still on here? Let me look. Hold on, because he, he did it. Let's see. Wait a second. He did. Uh, Ranger Ron, that's Maryland. I don't... Uh, are you still on here, Ron? East Maryland? Is that so you, he, Ranger he, Ron? Is that you, Ranger Ron? 
Yeah. Angela, did I, he he did the he did the Kurt Tollenbach thing this uh, documentary. Yeah, he got yeah he did it. I okay. guess he That's listened cool. to him that night. Did it the next day and and avoided having to go to jail. Wow. Last week he was on our call saying that he was uh, trying to avoid going to jail. Yeah, I and, didn't remember uh, that it was. Yeah, I didn't know who it was. You know, it seemed like well, I it was, do. Yeah. East Maryland, I unmuted you. Are you still on the call? Maybe that's not Ron. Uh, no, East, East Maryland, he probably fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> well, is there any way I could oh. get a? I I I had contact with uh, Kurt. I had an email. I don't know whether I've still got his emails or not. But you know, he put his email on the web page. If you go to I his website. There, I didn't find it either, but I have two. Well, web, it's two, there now. Two. I'm telling okay. you because I just looked. He's Good got enough. an I got two, I got two old uh, emails that I don't know whether they're still valid or not. One's a walk to talk. Uh, US. Just keep it up. Forget that. Go to the website. You know, okay. his website, walk to talk. And Where is it? Says, under the home page? Listen is to it me. Is it the home page? Oh my God! Yes, there's a home page, and under it's, it's the heading says announcements, and then under okay. that there's a whole paragraph of him explaining. Due to our call on the 28th, he's been okay. bombarded with you know messages, and he puts his email address right under that. Good. Okay, I'll see if oh, I can find it. Yeah, you can get it right Very good. there. Thanks, All right. You take care. Thank you. you have a good evening. Okay. Thank you. You too. Good night. Good night. All right, everybody, that's it now, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, we're done. <laughs> I love you all. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next Thursday. Good night.